Hello, welcome back to Big Lezzers League. Welcome to part three um, of the season review previews. In this one, we're going to be going through the Cowboys. We're also going to be taking a look at the Rabbitohs and the Parramatta Reels as well going into uh, next season and obviously reflecting back at this season as well. Let's start off with the Cowboys. Uh, going into next year, they have a lot of losses, uh, which I think is a big thing for them. I think it's a big negative for them. I think they really need to go into the market and sign, especially some forwards. They do lose a little bit of depth in forwards, but they also lose one of their starting centers. I think that's okay, though. They go into next year uh, with Zach Laybutt pretty much blooded into first grade now. It is going to hurt with Valentine Holmes being suspended. It really does depend when he uses his suspension, whether he uses it in the World Cup or whether he uses it, obviously, um, in club football. And I think we'll find out by the time this podcast comes out as well or maybe a few days after this podcast does release. But, you know, I, I really do think that Laybutt is going to be a great replacement for Peter Hiku. He has played some great football at the back end of 2023. And we'll obviously talk about that as well as we go through the positives for the Cowboys for 2023. But the signings going into next year, they do sign Viliami Vaila from the Warriors as well. Uh, a great little replacement center. I only forgot about him as well going into next year while Valentine Holmes is out. Uh, I guess those two guys will be the starting centers. He then have Semi Valame and Kyle Felt uh, potentially on the wings, or Semi Valame and Murray Talagi, I should say. Kyle Felt, uh, very unlucky to miss out, but I still do think that he misses out going into next year, just with how Semi Valame ended the year. So it will be Murray Talagi, who again I forgot about as well, uh, and Semi Valame in the back line. So they do have a bit of depth actually going into next year. They could even potentially play Kyle Felt at centre. I probably would prefer Viliami Vaila, the bigger body and younger as well. Uh, but very interesting to see how they go into next year, particularly starting next year. But they do sign Viliami Vaila. Again, great depth in the back line. They do lose a ton of guys, though. They lose a ton of guys. So it makes up for a little bit of what they are losing. Uh, ben Hampton obviously played in the halves. He's played, I think, a few games in the centers as well uh, for the Cowboys. He's played pretty much everywhere you could think of for the Cowboys as well. He's played a great utility role, uh, obviously, during the origin period as well. When Tom Dearden obviously was out, he came in and played 5-8. Uh, but he's out. Other guys they're losing are the following. Brendan Elliott as well is leaving, which is a big loss uh, in terms of depth in the back line again. Uh, German Chabaski obviously came over from Newcastle. He's being released as well. Jacob Bork, one of the younger guys. Mitch Dunn obviously played uh, pretty much everywhere in the forwards for the Cowboys. He's leaving. And Taniela Sadrugo, all of these guys released as far as we know. Uh, Peter Hiku has signed with Hull KR. There are a few guys from NRL going to Hull KR. I can't remember all all of them off the top of my head, but I think that it's a great signing getting Peter Hiku there. He had a decent year, very up and down year for Peter Hiku in the NRL, but uh, they obviously have a lot of faith in Zach Labert, the Cowboys, uh, to where they would let him go. Uh, Peter Hiku. Riley Price has gone to Penrith. He isn't on a full uh, top 30 contract like he was at the Cowboys. He's in a development contract. Uh, so we'll see how what happens to him throughout the year. Maybe he gets a shot during the origin period. Uh, James Tamo obviously retires as well. Uh, so again, another big hit to the forwards. 
a lot of forwards they're losing um, going into next season. Um, let's talk about some of the positives for the Cowboys going into this year. Scott Drinkwater, I think, has to be one of them. Very, very dangerous this season. I think he's going to be even more dangerous next season. And the, the Cowboys are going to come in with a little bit more of a fight than compared to last year. I don't know if they're going to make the top eight, uh, but they're definitely a chance. I think that they are still competitive. And again, I think the competition evens out a little bit more so even going into next year as well. We saw how much it evened out this year, but next year I think is going to be that next step. It's going to even out a lot more. Uh, So Scott Drinkwater, very dangerous this season. Going to be very dangerous next season as well for me. Had a decent season this year. Was definitely a shining light for me um, for the Cowboys. Him and Tom Dearden, I thought, were very big shining lights. Tom Dearden, his running game, I think, has improved a ton. Uh, a very underrated year for Tom Dearden, especially when the Cowboys uh, were playing good footy when they were winning games. He was a big part of that for me with his running game. Him and Scott Drinkwater down that left-hand side, a very dangerous combination. You pair that with Valentine Holmes, who's, again, had an outstanding and a very under underrated year with his post-contact meters, with running 230 meters per game at one stage during the season as well. He was regarded as one of the better centers in the game at some stages, particularly early stages uh, this season as well. He was fantastic for me. Um, you know, that whole left-hand side was very dangerous. And then Murray Lagi outside of Valentine Holmes as well. That is going to be even more dangerous. Now that they've blooded that left-hand side, it is going to be out of control going into next year. I think they're going to be a ton more competitive again. I don't think they're getting into the eight just with how, you know, evened out the competition is going to be. But I think they will be a lot more competitive. Uh, Valentine Holmes, as we said, big year for him. Zach Labor coming in this year. Obviously, he comes in next year for Peter Hiku full time. But in the stages that we saw him this season, he is incredible. Absolutely incredible. When Valentine Holmes was obviously suspended at the back end of the year and he was playing a lot of consistent football, he was very impressive. Um, you know, obviously, the brother of Kyle Laybutt. Kyle Laybutt ha- hasn't been signed with an NRL team yet. And you watch him play for PNG and you wonder, how is this guy uh, not in an NRL team yet? And I think that, obviously, going into this offseason, I'd be looking to sign him for sure. But uh, Zach Laybutt, his brother, his younger brother, uh, an absolute freak, absolute weapon, uh, you know, a tackle break machine, uh, gets a ton of meters per game as well. Him going next to uh, Semi Valame, that is going to be a very dangerous try scoring right hand side. And I think it's really going to even out both sides of the park, which means that Scott Drinkwater might even roam down the right hand side of the park even more as well. That makes Chad Townsend a lot more dangerous as well with his kicking game. And I think that was a big, big part of this year as well. Chad Townsend, I thought his kicking game improved substantially, especially when Tom Dearden established himself as more of a running 5'8". It really, um, you know, I guess, established Chad Townsend as the game manager, as a great kicker as well in this competition. I reckon he's at least in the top five in terms of best kicking game um, in 2023. He was outstanding with his in-play kicking. Uh, Goal kicking could have been a little bit better, but in terms of in-play kicking, uh, he had some really big moments, uh, and especially when the Cowboys were winning games and they were successful, it was off the back of him and his kicking game, but also the forwards as well, uh, I thought were outstanding. Jeremiah Nanai, absolute workhorse this year. He's had a massive year in the back row, and I think that he is going to be a very dangerous going into next year as well. There was a lot of times this year where we thought he was going to go with another club and um, obviously re-signed with the Cowboys now, but um, he was very sought after after the year he had. He's had a big year 
for the Cowboys. Very dangerous off a high kick as well. Um, he's just got so many dimensions to his game, which just makes him so dangerous in this team. Jeremiah Nanai, big year for him. I thought it was an interesting year for Jason Taumalolo. Uh, I think if there's anything that we can talk about for the Cowboys, in terms of the negatives, if there's one point I'd have to bring up, it is how do the Cowboys use Jason Taumalolo. I don't think he's a lock forward in this side anymore. I actually think that's Ruben Cotter's spot now. I think that he suits that 13 jersey a lot more. Uh, a ball-playing uh, lock forward as well. Obviously, having time at hooker early in the early stages of his career, it gives him a really big leg up in terms of his ball-playing. I really do think uh, that he is the lock forward in this side now, Ruben Cotter. Uh, we obviously then have Jason Taumalolo in the front row. He's got to be one of the front rowers for me in this team. Uh, who the other front rower is, I'm leaning towards maybe Griffin Neem to start uh, or even Cohen Hess. It really depends how you want to build this team. But we'll, we'll obviously discuss it uh, when we do the predicted 17s a little bit closer to when the competition actually starts. Uh, but great, great year for Jeremiah Nenai. Valentine Holmes, a shining light in this team as well. Zach Laybutt, I'm very excited to see him next season. Scotty Drinkwater, shining light. Tom Dearden as well. That combination is going to be very dangerous. That whole left-hand side, Valentine Holmes, uh, you know, Murray Talagi as well on that left-hand side, Tom Dearden and Scott Drinkwater when he roams there. Uh, and then obviously Zach Laybutt uh, and Sammy Valamay on the other side with Scott Drinkwater potentially roaming down there as well. I think they're going to play a lot more expansive football. I think that Scott Drinkwater is not just going to go down the left-hand side playing like a second 5-8. I think he's going to creep down the right as well, even out the playing field a little bit for the Cowboys, and I think they're going to be dangerous all over the park. I really do think it's going to be a big year for the Cowboys. I don't think they're going to make the 8. I see them between 9th and 10th uh, going into next year. Uh, but look, I mean, a lot to look forward to for the Cowboys going into next year. They've got to figure out the Jason Taumalolo rotation, though. He is a front rower for me going into next year. Ruben Cotter is my 13 and potentially playing a full 80 minutes of football too, Ruben Cotter. Jason Taumalolo, I think he's at the point in his career now where he is that rotation front rower, whether it is starting or off the bench. That's where I see Jason Taumalolo in 2024. Uh, in terms of the negatives, not only the Jason Taumalolo thing, uh, but I think that it was a poor year off the back of making finals. I think that a lot of people expected the Cowboys to be in and around finals going into this year. Uh, they obviously weren't. They were a little bit lower than that. Um, they didn't have the most successful year or the most consistent year. A little bit more consistency from the Cowboys would be fantastic going into next year. Uh, but yeah, a poor year off the back of making finals the previous year. That's why I grade them a D-. minus. I think they could have gone a lot better than what they did. And I think next year, I think they'll improve substantially. Again, the competition will be evened out. They could be higher or lower on the ladder than where they were this year, but we'll know how well they played. Uh, and I think it's going to be very, very different to this year. Uh, and again, with the competition evening out, um, I think that it is going to be the top teams are the top teams and everyone else is pretty much dead even. Uh, and it'll be only be two points separating, you know, I'd say, you know, 10th and you know, 17th. I think it's going to be like four points separating those. I think it's going to be very even going into next year. Uh, and lots of losses going into next year in terms of players. I mean, we just discussed all the losses there. Ben Hampton, Brendan Elliott, German Sebaski, uh, Jake Bork, Mitch Dunn, Taniela Pesadrugo, uh, Peter Hiku, Riley Price, James, uh, James Taumo. That's only 10 players they're losing there. Um, it's very, very concerning for me. I think that they really need to go into the market 
signed some mongrel forwards. They do need a few more forwards. With all of the forwards they've lost, they've lost James Taumo, Riley Price, uh, Mitch Dunn. They're losing a few forwards in their rotation. Going into the market, getting some more forwards for next year is going to be a big thing um, for the Cowboys. As I said, ninth and 10th is where I see them next year. Could be very wrong, but I think they will improve. The comp's going to be even. There's going to be, you know, not many points separating 10th from 17th. I think it's going to be a very even competition. The top teams will be the top teams, but the bottom teams are going to be very, very even. Um, so I'm very keen to see how the comp is structured next year in terms of the ladder going into, you know, 18th month, you know, 12 to 18 months' time. I'm very keen to see how this comp is structured and how the year goes in 2024. But let's talk about the South City Rabbitohs now. What a year for the Rabbitohs. Very up and down. Um, really poor end to the season as well. Um, you think of all the hype that Rabbitohs came into the year with as well. As a South fan myself, um, I find it to be quite disappointing the way the, we ended the year. It was almost like we didn't want to go to the finals. It was like the South just called it quits pretty much after Origin. Uh, I guess the want just went downhill from there as well. And by the, by the end of the year, by the end of the regular season especially, they just didn't want to be there. Um, and it was really unfortunate, a really unfortunate way to end the year for South Sydney. Um, looking into next year, we do get Jack Whiten. Now, the only thing um, about this signing that I guess rattles me a little bit and confuses me a little bit is the fact that we don't know where Jack Whiten's going to play. There's a lot of people saying center. There's some people saying back row. I can't see it for the life of me. He came, uh, he's coming to this side after playing a full year at 5'8", uh, you know, playing rep footy at center. I don't think he's going to be playing back row. I really don't. I think that, yes, your people are trying to shove him into this team. I actually think the answer is fullback. Um, I'd probably chuck him at fullback, and it's pretty. It's a pretty rogue call. I'd move Latrell back to centre, and a lot of people would agree with me there. But um, you know, a lot of people would also think that Latrell, you know, is the fullback for this team. And look, he definitely is at this point um, because he's been there for a while now. Uh, they sort of gelled together, but the want just has to be there for him. If it's not, I'd chuck him back at centre, um, and I think that. I, look, a lot of people see the downside to that. Obviously, when in you know in the later stages of him being at centre, particularly at the Roosters, um, he didn't really get involved a, a lot. I mean, he would you know come up with some incredible plays, but he wouldn't really come in a lot. He'd sort of uh, go sometimes missing in games. Um, I, I don't mind that to be honest, because we have a lot of strike power. We have Cody Walker. We have um, you know Jack White coming in, who's going to be outstanding. Um, you know, we have a lot of guys that can do a lot of things for us. Cam Murray, uh, Isaiah Tass, Campbell Graham. Um, you know, we have a lot of guys that can do things for us in this side. We don't really need him to come in all the time. He can break the game open and come in in these specific moments in the game and do incredible things. Uh, but we've got Jack White, and if he goes to fullback, him and Cody, that combination could be really dangerous going down the left-hand side. Uh, I'd have Latron Mitchell on that left center as well, and that would be really dangerous. I'm honestly... Um, you know, convinced that that would work really well. Latrell going back to center and Jack White at fullback. A lot of people don't agree with Jack White at fullback. A lot of people see him at center. I cannot for the life of me see a world where Isaiah Tass isn't in this side. He's had a really good and strong end to the year. Uh, he's been one of the guys that has always had a consistent sort of level um, every week for South Sydney as well. Yes, there's a few errors in him, but he is a rookie. It's his, what, second year coming over from Brisbane. 
I think he's done a really good job, Isaiah Tash, to be honest. Um, and I think he's had a pretty decent year. I think that he'd be great next year. Um, I can, yeah, As I said, I can't see a world where he's not in the side next year. I'd love to see Jack White in at fullback. I think he could really kill it at fullback as well. Came into the competition for Canberra at fullback as well. Um, so I'd really love to see uh, how Jack White goes at fullback for this side to start the year. As for the guys uh, that won't be there as of next season, we have Hame Sele leaving. I think that's big in terms of middle forwards. We do lose a bit of impact off the bench, and that worries me a little bit. Uh, then again, Davey Moali was in reserve grade for the back end of the season. Him coming back in off the bench, I think, will sort of add that impact back. Plus, you've got guys like Daniel Saluga Fafita, who's just an animal off the bench. Uh, we've got Jai Arrow starting with Tom Burgess, respectively. Uh, Tavita Tatola, I think, is great um, as well. Uh, Jacob Host has some really good games as well. Uh, Cam Murray. I mean, we have a really solid forward pack here on Kaloma Tungi. Um, a really solid forward pack going into this season, even without Hame Sele. But I still think it's a big loss. I still think they need to go out and find someone like him or uh, bring through Talos Duncan and start playing him a little bit more often off the bench. We do have a solid forward pack and good depth in the forwards as well. There's some back rowers. His name escapes me, but there was a really solid back back rower, blonde hair, very stocky. Um, that I really enjoyed watching for South Sydney and New South Wales Cup and when they obviously played the state championship in the grand final. I tuned into those games. I thought he was really impressive and he's quite quick as well. Scored um, a try or nearly scored a try as well running the length of the field. He's quite quick and a very strong runner of the football as well. His name escapes me and I'll go and have a look and find that out now. Um, but yeah, look, I mean, we've got, we've got heaps of depth in the forwards. Absolutely shit tons of depth uh, in the forwards, really, really keen to see how we go next year as well. We've got depth everywhere, to be honest. We've got depth fucking everywhere. Um, Tyrone Munro, he's still in reserve grade as well. Scored three tries in that grand final. Uh, so another guy, this isn't him, but Ethan O'Neill, uh, my mate's brother, my mate Bracken, his older brother Ethan plays um, for South Sydney as well in the back row. He's so solid through uh, on that edge there as well. Uh, Matt French is the guy I'm talking about. He only played 45 minutes. Ethan O'Neill played the full 80, which is impressive, but Matt French uh, in the back row there, I think he's really solid. Could be a little bit of a bench forward to come in next season. Ethan O'Neill, though, had a fucking great game um, in the state championship. He ran for 145 metres, 45 post-contact, a line break, uh, 13 hit-ups as well. Really, really solid there on the edge, to be honest. Um, yeah, look, I mean, we've got a really solid team. Uh, in reserve grade, I also think, and this is going to be a bit controversial as well going into next year, and we'll talk about it a bit more at length um, when we talk about the positives and the negatives um, for this side, but I think that Dean Hawkins is the halfback going into next year, not Ilias. I think Ilias needs to go back to New South Wales Cup uh, for at least for a little while. And Dean Hawkins needs to start the year at seven. I'd be starting Dean Hawkins at seven because what I saw from him in New South Wales Cup, he's a first grader waiting to play first grade where Lockie Ilias, uh, and this is no disrespect towards Lockie Ilias whatsoever at all, but even when he debuted, I had a feeling he wasn't really ready for first grade yet. And I've sort of had a little bit of a feeling like that ever since he's played. Yes, he's played a shit ton of games now. He's really well worked into this side. Um, but he almost feels a bit... It feels like he's a bit scared to take charge of this side. And as a seven, you need to be able to do that, especially in this side. Uh, you know, taking over from Adam Reynolds is always going to be a big thing. But um, he always feels like he's the second fiddle half, not the first fiddle half. And he's sort of making Cody be the first fiddle half. And Cody's not like that. 
And I think Cody's sick of that as well, to be honest. I think even Blake Taff, we saw him take charge of that New South Wales Cup side a few times as well with his kicking game. I think that Dean Hawkins needs to be the seven um, for this CRC going into next year. And we'll talk about it a bit more at length, obviously, when we do the positives and the negatives for South Sydney as well. Uh, but other guys we are losing, we talked about him before. We literally just mentioned him there, Blake Taff. He's going to the Bulldogs. I think that is a really poor move. Getting rid of Blake Taff, a really poor move. And especially when a lot of the rumors suggesting that uh, the reason for Latrell and Cody's sort of um, you know discontent at South Sydney was due to the fact that Blake Taft didn't start the year at seven uh, and didn't come in at seven uh, at any point during the season. Now, I disagree with him playing seven um, purely because I think that he himself is a second fiddle half. I think he'd do better as a six, and we've seen that in New South Wales Cup as well, that he'd do better as a six, not um, as a seven. I don't think he'd work as a seven. I think it'd just be too much. I think it'd be too much off the cuff. Um, you know, that it'd be all over the shop for South Sydney as well. Plus, then you bring Jack Whiten into this team. It would just be absolute... Um, It'd just be shambles, really. I think that he'd do great as a 14, and he has played 14 a few times. Um, I think that he'd do great as a 6. I don't think he'd be a good 7. Um, I think that it would just uh, really just discombobulate, uh, big, using big words there, discombobulate the whole structure of the team, and there wouldn't be any structure um, at all. So uh, I don't think Blake Tuff would be a good 7 in this side. I don't think Blake Tuff is a 7. I think he's a fullback, to be honest. He's done great things at fullback. Uh, I also think he could be a great six, and he was a great six in the New South Wales Cup. Um, I don't think he is a seven at all, even in reserve grade. I think that he's a six or a one. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, I wouldn't put him at seven either, and I think that it was a good move not to put Taff at seven. I don't think it was a good move to keep Taff out of this side altogether um, at all. I think that he should have been a 14 in this team. Uh, for a more like a more consistent part of the year as well, uh, they should have kept him there. I think Dean Hawkins is the seven though. I, I really do, uh, and we'll talk about that in a second. Um, Jed Cartwright, Newcastle, also leaving. Um, I think that's massive for South as well in terms of the depth in the back row. But again, we've just read out a ton of guys uh, that can come into first grade as well. So these forwards, Hamay Sele, Jed Cartwright, while decent losses, and they provide a lot of intensity off the bench. Um, you know, we've got so many other guys coming through where we've got the luxury to let these guys go as well. So don't be too worried, South fans. Um, let's talk about this year. The forwards this year were great. I thought that Davey Mowali coming into this team was outstanding. I think Shaq Mitchell in first grade and in reserve grade had a big year. Um, you know, in that grand final as well, he's ball playing. Um, just the way he controls that outfit, the way he's matured as a player. Um, I'm really impressed with Shaq Mitchell and how far he's come. I think that he is a first grader. I think you will see him uh, in a, for a consistent period of next year in the starting 17, whether that's off the bench or starting. I think that he will be in first grade next year. He will be one of those guys in the team. I will obviously sort of work everything out, what the team's going to look like going into next year uh, closer to, but I think he will be there for sure, Shaq Mitchell. Um, but David Mowali, I thought that he's locked himself a spot uh, coming off the bench for South Sydney. I do like uh, Tavita Totola this year. Uh, he's had some really tough games, and particularly at the start of the year, he was very consistent and one of the form front rowers in the competition, and this is just at the start of the year. Yes, uh, the whole South Sydney dropped off at the back end of the year, but at the start of the year when Souths were humming, 
Uh, I thought that he was a big part of that through the middle. Uh, Jai Arrow, he's had a pretty interesting year moving pretty much everywhere in the forwards, whether it be front row, whether it be lock forward when Cameron Murray was out due to origin commitments and stuff like that, or whether it be in the back row. Uh, he's had a pretty decent year. I imagine we'll find him in the back row again going into next year. Uh, had a really solid stint there for South Sydney. Uh, Jai Arrow, so keen to see where he fits into this side uh, going into next year. Uh, Tommy Burgess had some pretty consistent football as well about him, played big minutes as well, uh, and had some pretty massive games at the start of the year. People forget he was running over 150 metres per game uh, to start the season as well, which is incredible. Uh, he had a really good start to the year, but people obviously forget uh, these guys having big starts to the year with how South Sydney ended, and I think that's a bit of a curse, uh, you know, that comes from us having limited success at the back end of the year. Uh, to start the year, I thought Campbell Graham was great as well. Um, you know, he was probably one of the informed centers to start the year. That's why people were so discontent that he was out of the origin side. He should have been there. Uh, he was very unlucky with this sternum injury not to be there as well. Um, he had a great year at the start of the year and from the midpoint of the year as well. After origin, no one had a good year pretty much for South Sydney. Uh Look, as we said, it was a very decent start to the year, but after Origin, they just dropped off. Um, but you got to credit uh, the start of the year for South Sydney, but you got to really criticise the back end. It was it was pretty bad. It was pretty poor. Um, and as I said, there was just no want to win. Um, a positive, though, is that uh, Whiten, outstanding siding for next year, adds versatility, but we just don't know where he's going to fit into this team. That's the big concern for me. Where does Jack Whiten fit into this team? I'd love to see him at fullback. We obviously discussed it at length before. I'd love to see him as a fullback in this team. Uh, I think it'd be very, very good. Uh, I think that getting rid of Taff and pretty much Sele was a mistake. Sele we can afford to get rid of, but Taff, I don't know. It just... Uh, limits what we can do in terms of depth at fullback next year for New South Wales Cup. You'd have to imagine that Jacob Gagai gets the job at fullback next year for New South Wales Cup. Maybe even Dion Tiapura. He might get a crack at fullback as well. But uh, you'd imagine that since you know Jacob Gagai did have it when Blake Taff was injured, Jacob Gagai gets it again. Um, I don't mind Jacob Gagai as a first grader either. I think he provides great depth if there's injury next year. Uh, he has been sensational. Uh, keep in mind, we also do have Latrell Mitchell's cousin, Ethan Ferguson, obviously injured at the back end of the year as well, but he could slot in at fullback. He can slot in at center. Uh and obviously on the wing as well, he did a great job in that Origin series. If you haven't watched that game, you need to go back and watch it because it was outstanding. Um, but yeah, look, we've got decent depth. And I think that's another positive for South Sydney going into next year. Um, I really do think that, uh, you know, a lot of these guys that were in the New South Wales Cup uh, side for last this year um, are going to debut next year. I really do. Uh, in, in terms of the negatives, we've obviously talked about the shocking year. Um, projected to be a grand final team even and dropping off really poorly. Uh, obviously at the back end of the year, similar to the Broncos in 2022 as well. Not as bad, but uh, it was pretty it was pretty terrible. After Origin, it was a really slow decline, and hopefully we can improve going into next year. But, yeah, that was a really shocking end to the year. Uh, Latrell Mitchell discipline. Uh, there was a few times with the discipline of Latrell Mitchell, particularly at the back end of the year when South Sydney were really poor, where it just sort of slipped off a little bit. I'd love to see Latrell Mitchell come into next year with a little bit of a better um, attitude and discipline. I think that would be really good for South Sydney, uh, especially if he is going to play fullback again next year. He's got to come back with the want to win. 
Um, you know, not just for the want, you know, he's getting paid enough so he doesn't really have to do much. It's more so the want to win, uh, I think is a big thing for Latrell Mitchell coming in to next season. The want to win, the want to play well. I think that's a big thing for Latrell. Uh, Dean Hawkins as the seven. We talked about that at length. Uh, Ilias, I think, as I said, needs a few months in New South Wales Cup to start the year before he comes back into first grade. Uh, Dean Hawkins to start the year at seven, I think is going to be a big thing for South Sydney. He was uh, terrific in that grand final for New South Wales Cup. Uh, He's handled himself quite well in some games when he's come into first grade. He did have a rocky start to his first two games in first grade, but uh, what I will say is, if he gets a few more cracks in first first grade and if they start the year with him and keep him there consistently, I think he could do really well. Um, and I think that South Sydney uh, would benefit from it hugely. Now, a lot of people have watched his first two games in first grade and go, nah, not good. But watch his games in New South Wales Cup. He was the player of the year in New South Wales Cup for a reason. He's worked on his game uh, and he's a much better player for it as well. I think that if he starts the year at halfback, South Sydney will benefit from it. I really do think so. Uh, I think they'll win some games with him at halfback as well. I think he, uh, at the moment, I would have him in there over Ilias. And I think Ilias, as I said, just needs a few more games in reserve grade before um, we can have him you know, coming back into this side. Now, where do I see South Sydney going into next year? A very interesting one. Um, I do see them in the eighth. I see them around sixth, seventh sort of position. I think they just make it. I can't see a world where South Sydney missed the eight again. I really can't. So I'm going to say sixth to seventh. Um, we've obviously got a few guys, our team's already there. These aren't really sure things position. This is just whereabouts I see them. Obviously, when we do do a lot of predictions um, going into next season, we'll sort of really refine these. But 6th, uh, 7th is where I see South Sydney. I, I can't imagine a world where they miss the eight again. If they miss the eight again, it'll be really disappointing. And it will sort of be dark stages for South Sydney as well. So hopefully we don't get to see that. But uh, good signs with Jack Whiten coming in. Uh, I just want a bit of clarity on where he's playing. Uh, I'd love to see that. Uh, once we see that, then we can sort of you know critique what we are going to expect from the Rabbitohs going into next year. But um, yeah, look, very, very interesting stuff. And I'm loving to speculate um, on what this side's going to look like going into next year as well. But uh, yeah, look, poor end to the year. But let's see how they go next year. There's always next year. Hopefully, South Sydney can improve from what was a shocking end to the year. Um, let's talk about the Parramatta Reels to finish off this one. Um, for the Eels this year, it's a D plus. I think that, you know, they had some ups. They definitely had some downs. I think that the Brown incident didn't help at all. I think that really hurt them in terms of blending this spine together. I feel like they haven't really blend, uh, blended this spine together completely since they've started playing together as well. Um, so just time for them all to play together throughout the consistent whole year, I think is something that they do need. Because last time they did that more consistently, they went, went into a grand final. So getting this side to play together consistency uh, consistently is going to be massive. Uh, we'll sort of talk about how this side is going to be structured and things that are going to happen um, for them going into next year as well, uh, obviously, in a little bit. But uh, looking at the signings, they haven't signed anyone new. They did re-sign Bryce Cartwright. There was an option in his contract, and he took it, so he's been re-signed. They also re-signed uh, Wirimu Greg. Other than that, they haven't actually signed anyone new. I think they need to go into the market and sign a hooker because they did 
They did just lose Josh Hodgson as well. So I think that is a big loss um, for Parramatta. He was great to start the year as well. Uh, I think that is a big loss. I think that he was very unlucky with injury in his career. And look, it's going to be very interesting. I know they've got Joey Lussick there, obviously coming back over from England. He's probably going to be their number nine going into next year. I'd make the effort to go into the market and sign someone else. They've got Brendan Hands in there, but they made it quite clear that they weren't really going to use him. Joey Lussick actually played the full 80 minutes um, for the back-end games of the year as well. So they could use him as an 80-minute nine. I think they need, still need to go to the bench and get a, a number 14. I think what this side lacks is a bit of spark off the bench, uh, and I'd love to see them go into the market and really look for a number 14 to come off the bench and really add some spark. Yes, if you put Ryan Madison off the bench, he comes into the middle, plays a roaming lock role, and uh, is really effective that way. I think that we've seen the best from him this year on the edge. We've seen the best from Bryce Cartwright on the edge. That is probably one of the better back row pairings in the competition at the moment, Um, but I'd love to see them go and buy someone, uh, a forward especially off the bench um, that can really create some damage for them as well. Uh, they do lose a young guy, Samuel Loizo. Um, I hope I've pronounced, pronounced that correctly. One of the guys in the lower grades and Wonga Blake, they both have coaches options. From what I know, I think Wonga Blake is definitely leaving. I think that he is going to the Super League, to one of the Hull teams. Uh, the Samuel guy, I haven't heard too much about him, so I don't know what his situation is, if he signed somewhere else or whatnot. Um, but we'll have to wait and see. Um, in terms of how this side went this year, Another year for Moses, Gutho, and Brown to gel in 2024. Again, very unlucky that Brown wasn't in this side consistently for them to all sort of mesh together. I feel like they need a full year together um, to really see how they go and to really get some consistency out of this Parramatta side. I think one thing that was evident throughout the entire year was Gutho and Moses, their never-say-die attitude. They were very um, in games, in the entirety of games as well. They were very um, focused on getting wins out of this team team and uh, playing really high quality football, especially Gutho. He was probably the most consistent I've seen him in his entire career this season. He had some really big performances. It was in fullback of the year, uh, sorry, fullback of the week um, consistently um, playing some really good football, especially at the midpoint and the start of the year as well uh, and a little bit towards the end of the year. Uh, he played some really solid football in different weeks um, and never say die attitude about him as well. He was consistently competitive and even in that last game where he had the knee injury. Uh, He stayed on the field for a long time with that knee injury Uh, even though the side wasn't going to make finals, even though there was no chance they were going to make finals and that they weren't going any further in the season. He stayed on the field and it was competitive right till the end until they had to take him off. Um, Super competitive Gutho and I can't wait to see the best out of him and him go to another level next year when him, Brown and obviously Moses have a full year to gel together as well. It's so good this year that they've managed to re-sign both Moses and Brown. Um, Really, really solid stuff and I'm very keen for those guys to play a lot of footy together over the next few years. Uh, But yeah, look, I think they need more time to gel. I think that's a big thing for them. Um, The record against Penrith has been really impressive as well. If they keep that going in the regular season, they can get themselves further and further up the ladder. It's going to be easy to beat the top teams because they do have records over Penrith. I think they have a record over Melbourne as well in some games as well. Um, So looking them to beat the top teams and the bottom teams consistently, uh, it's a weird sort of record for Parramatta. They can beat the top teams by uh, a fair amount. They beat Penrith, I think, 32-18 at some point this year. But... 
They also can lose to the bottom teams by a fuckload as well. So uh, getting a bit of consistency in their footy, playing to a high standard all the time is a big thing for them. Their record against Penrith, though, is very, very impressive. Uh, great signs from Hopgood, from Cartwright, and from Ryan Madison. Hopgood this year definitely showed some positive signs. I thought that he was really impressive uh, for most of this year as well, uh, and I'm very keen to see how he goes over the next few years for this side. He is older. He is 28 years old. Uh, so he's a late start for him, but he, I thought from this year, from what I've seen from him in his first year, really in first grade, uh, I've been really impressed with how he's gone. Uh, Cartwright, I thought, was very impressive as well. Um, you know, and one of his best years, we saw a young uh, flashbacks of a young Penrith Panthers, Bryce Cartwright, in the way that he ball played on the edge and, and some of the big moments that he came up with as well in this side. Uh, I've been really impressed with him and how far he's come as well over the past two years. Uh, and Ryan Madison as well, playing some of his best footy on the edge there. And uh, he has been over the past two years uh, playing some really decent footy, whether it be off the bench, whether it be at lock forward, or whether it be in what I think is his best position in the back row. He has been so, so effective for Parramatta. Some of the negatives, I think, no signings, a little bit concerning still. As I said, I think they need to go and find a 14. I think that's a big thing for them, finding that 14. Uh, Deja Nasi could definitely be that guy for them, but I think they need another hooker just to give Joey Lussick a bit of a rest and make him a bit more effective. Uh, I feel like Joey Lussick is a little bit more X-Factory Mitch Kenny. Uh, if you want to compare them that way. Uh, he's one of those battler number nines, but uh, he's got a little bit of X-Factor about him as well. I think that they need to find someone with just a bit more of an X-Factor type game uh, in that number nine role and have them as a 14. I think that would be really, really good for the Parramatta Reels finding that guy. Brendan Hands could be that guy, but again, I feel like he's a battler f- uh, number nine as well. They just need to have someone in that 14 jersey that can maybe play a bit of a roaming role, can maybe play at nine if they need them to, can play pretty much anywhere on the park, but just add a bit of X factor. They need a Dylan Walker type player. They really do off the bench. I think that would really boost how these side plays as well and add a little bit more impact off the bench. It's something that they do need. Uh, consistency. Uh, it's been a big thing for Parramatta. It's been a huge issue for two years now as well, the consistency for this side. Uh, I think it's been a massive issue. Even when they made the grand final, they were still quite inconsistent throughout the entire year uh, against bottom sides and against some top sides as well. But uh, they really need to find that consistency and that flow in the way they play and win more games than they lose and really start to build a bit of a record up and get back into finals. I think it's going to be a big goal for 2024. Um, and yeah, obviously we talked about it before, but Dylan Brown being out, I think hurt this side in terms of gelling this spine together as well. They've had a few different hookers now over the past few years, but picking a consistent hooker, uh, in terms of, you know, gelling this spine, I think is going to be a big thing for them as well. So where do I see Parramatta next year? I could see them anywhere between, uh, it's going to be hard to sort of put them somewhere. I think I can see them anywhere between, uh, fifth and 10th. Uh, it's a big bracket, but that's where I sort of see them. I can see them either making the eight uh, by a, a foul swoop or not making the eight and being around 10th. I think that's where I see the Parramatta Reels going into next year. They can be either really good or they can be really inconsistent. I think Reid Marnie, the loss of him, hurts this side a lot. I think uh, you can see the difference in the way they play without Reid Marnie as well. Having that X factor in the number nine is something they need back. Going out and finding a 14, I think is going to be massive for Parramatta. So we'll have to see how they go. Uh, But that's the end of that season review preview for this episode. Uh, Again, thank you for 
Don for hopping on uh, and spread, uh, giving us some of his Cowboys wisdom as well. Uh, a lot to talk about for the Cowboys, and we definitely had a nice little chat there. Um, but make sure you listen to any of the other season review previews that you haven't listened to. Stay tuned for the other ones. The next one we talk about, the Raiders, the Roosters, uh, and the Sharkies and the Newcastle Knights. So it's a big episode. Make sure you tune in for that one. But that was your season review preview for the Cowboys, the Rabbitohs, and the Parramatta Reels. Wait.